Warren Buffett once told the story of his closest friend from Columbia Business School. He said, The guy was incredibly smart, incredibly hardworking, really strong ethics, great character, and, and they kind of were in a similar spot as they graduated. But the outcome of their lives were dramatically different based on a single decision. The friend of his went to the steel business and he said worked, you know, very hard and earned modestly, you know, modestly good living um, while Warren went and started his first private partnership and then what eventually became Berkshire Hathaway. And he said his final quote, which was, it, it always struck me, but he said, what I learned was it, it's not as important how hard you're rowing, but which boat you are in. So in today's video, I'm going to teach you the most important part of becoming a millionaire, and that is having your cash cow, having your business. And many of you wanting to become millions, millionaires out of this recession, and being said that this recession is going to make the most amount of millionaires, this is going to be very, very important, important to learn. So today we're going to talk about how to start your business. Maybe it's your first business. Maybe it's something you've had on your mind for a while. Um, there's going to be little timestamps. So if you think you're ahead of the curve or wherever you're at, you can go ahead and, and, and kind of skip ahead on this video. Um, as you probably noticed, none of my things are monetized yet. This is season one, episode four of how to become a millionaire with smart money. I've already made my money. I've ran three very successful businesses in my 20s and 30s. I've made over $20 million. I'm not here to make money. I don't care if this gets 2,000 views or 20 million views. These tips are for you, and this is me wanting to help you make money with the current economy. There are so many people throwing money around these days, whether it be online, whether it be maybe in-person retail, whatever it is, people are throwing around money, and if you don't have a million dollars yet, you are very far behind. However, Props to you for clicking on a podcast like this because that means you want to learn and that is exactly what we are going to be doing today. So kind of going through the 10 hardest lessons I've learned starting my business and turning those into kind of key points on how to start your own business if you haven't already. So I suppose without kind of getting too far off topic, we're going to jump right into this. Now, one thing you guys are going to want to keep in mind is you need to be prepared to run this thing. This is not going to be something that you can just drop in and out of two hours a week, three hours a week, whatever it is, you're going to have to work harder than you've ever worked before to be able to start these. I remember when I started my first business in college, I was working overnight trying to make every single cent I can make to send myself to school, late nights, all-nighters, running out, doing things I didn't want to do and putting myself in an uncomfortable situation to be able to grow. And I'm so glad that I was able to do that. So step number one to growing this business that you have in mind is consistency. Consistency is key. New business owners tend to feed off of their motivation initially, but they end up getting very frustrated when that motivation goes away. And I definitely experienced this with my first two businesses. And this is absolutely why it's essential to create habits and follow routines that power you through 
when this motivation goes away in phase. Now, I'm not saying that you need to create this huge, eccentric journey of routines that you do every single day. I think that's an absolute waste of time. But there's no reason to be sleeping 12 hours a day. There's no reason to be wasting hours and hours of your day watching Netflix, YouTube, whatever it is. You need to stop being the consumer and become the producer. Step number two, determine your business concept. Let's say you've already had that motivation to start that business and you're ready to take the next step. We need to determine what your concept is. Most businesses' advice tells you to monetize what you love, but it misses two other very, very important elements. It needs to be profitable and something you are good at. For example, you may love music, but how viable is your business idea if you're not a great singer or songwriter? Maybe you love making soap and want to open a soap shop in your small town that already has three close by. Yeah, that won't be too easy because the market is already oversaturated by these other stores. If you don't have a firm idea of what your business will entail, ask yourself the following questions. What do you love to do? What do you hate to do? Can you think of something that would make those things easier? What are you good at? What do others come to you for advice about? If you were given 10 minutes to give a five-minute speech on any topic, what would it be? What's something you've always wanted to do but lacked resources for? Now, these questions can lead you to an idea for your business. If you already have had that idea, that might help you expand it. Once your idea is in mind, measure it against whether you're good at it and, most importantly, if it's profitable. Your business idea also doesn't have to be the next scrub daddy or squat potty or whatever it is. Instead, you can take an existing product and improve it. You can reinvent that wheel, or you can just sell a digital project so there's little overhead and little merchandise to keep track of. What kind of business should you start? I mean, before you choose that type of business, you, you have a couple things to consider. Number one being financially, what type of funding do you have? How much time do you have to invest in your business? Do you prefer to work from home or in an office or workshop? And what interests and passions do you have? Next, can you sell information such as a course rather than a product? What skills or expertise do you have? How fast do you need to scale your business? What kind of support do you have to start your business? Are you partnering with somebody else? And finally, does the franchise model make more sense to you? Number two, research your competitors and market. Most entrepreneurs spend more time on their products than they do getting to know the competition. If you have ever applied for outside funding, the potential leader, lender, or partner wants to know what sets you or your business idea apart. If market analysis indicates your product or service is saturated in your area, see if you can think of a different approach. Take housekeeping, for example. Rather than general cleaning services, you might specialize in homes with pets or focus on garbage cleanups. 
This is finding that niche market. You need to figure out what is not saturated. With so many people these days wanting to own their own business and do whatever they want to do, it is hard to find something that is not saturated. I guarantee you can find it though. You are listening to the Smart Money Podcast and I'm assuming you're smarter than the normal person. The first stage of primary research is going to be looking at competition. Whether this be in the area, whether it be a similar market, you need to find the competition and look at their business plan. This entails obtaining data directly from potential customers rather than basing your conclusions on past data. You can ask or use questionnaires, surveys, and interviews to learn what consumers want. Surveying friends and family isn't recommended unless you're they're your target market, but that's kind of going to be hard to gauge. So people who say they'd buy something and, and people who do buy something are very different types of people. This is why it's hard to survey your friends and family. The last thing you want is to take so much stock in what they say, create the product, and flop when you try to sell it because of all the people who said they'd buy it don't because the product isn't something they'd actually buy. Secondary research. Utilize existing sources of information such as census data to gather information when you do secondary research. The current data may be studied, compiled, and analyzed in various ways that are appropriate for your needs, but it may not be as detailed as primary research. Conduct a SWOT analysis. SWOT stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. If you've taken any business course ever, you have probably heard of this term and ignored it, but it is very important. Conducting a SWOT analysis allows you to look at the facts about your product or idea, how they might perform if taken to the market. It can also help you make a decision about the direction for your idea. Your business idea might have some weakness or weaknesses that you had not considered or there may be some opportunity to improve on a competitor's product, therefore finding your niche in the market. Step number three, create your business plan. Now, a simple business plan is a dynamic document that serves as a roadmap for establishing a new business. The document makes it simple for potential investors, financial institutions, and company management to understand and absorb. Even if you intend to self-finance, a business plan can um, a business plan can help you flesh out your idea and spot potential problems. When writing a well-rounded business plan, include the following sections. Number one, executive summary. The executive summary should be the first item in your business plan, but it should be written last. It describes the proposed new business and highlights the goals of the company and the methods to achieve them. Number two, company description. The company description covers what problems your product or service solves and why your business or idea is the best compared to other competitors on the market. Number four, mission and goals. This section should contain a brief mission statement and detail what the business wishes to accomplish and steps to get there. These goals should be smart. 
which means specific, measurable, action-oriented, realistic, and time-bound. Number four, products or services. This section of your business plan describes how your business will operate. It includes what products you'll offer to consumers at the beginning of your business, how they compare to existing competitors, how much your products cost, who will be responsible for creating the products, and how you'll source materials and how much they'll cost to make. Now, this is going to be important because this is something you're going to want to specify, especially if you have some type of distribution service. Maybe you've had the thought of looking at source materials, but kind of breaking down how that's actually going to work is going to be very, very important. I think we're on number five here, five or six, but regardless, this is background summary. This portion of your business plan is the most time-consuming to write. Compile and summarize any data, articles, and research studies on trends that could positively and negatively affect your business or industry. Marketing plan. The marketing plan identifies the characteristics of your product or service, summarizes the SWOT analysis, and analyzes competitors. It is also discussed in this plan how you'll promote your business, how much money will be spent on marketing, and how long the campaign is expected to last. Final step is the financial plan. The financial plan is perhaps the core of your business plan because without money, the business will not move forward. Obviously enough, include a proposed budget in your financial plan along with projected financial statements, such as an income statement, a balance sheet, and a statement of cash flows. Usually five years of projected financial statements are acceptable. This section is also where you should include your funding request if you're looking for outside funding. Now, I understand, I absolutely understand that creating a business plan is not going to be for every type of business. Let's say you're trying to start something from, let's say, zero dollars, and you don't have the funds to go out and do all this research or figure out how much you need to do for marketing. Even though this might not pertain completely to you, I think it is absolutely necessary to write a business plan such as this. One, because you can kind of do more research about how things are going to work in your business. Personally, every single time I've wanted to do a business, failed or not, I have gained 6,000% more knowledge on what's actually happening within the business after doing this business plan. Two, creating this financial plan can help you not only keep track of your money, but keep track of where you are in your business, whether it's one year down the road or five. This is something that you can rewrite, rewrite, and rewrite again the further and further you make it down the road. Next step is going to be to come up with an exit strategy. Now, an exit strategy is going to be important for any business seeking funding because it outlines how you'll sell the company or transfer ownership if you decide to retire or move on to other projects. An exit strategy also allows you to get the most value out of your business when it's time to sell. There are a couple different options for this, especially for an existing business. And the best option for you depends on your goals and circumstances. The most common exit strategies are, one, selling the business to another party, two, passing the business down to family members, three, liquidating the business assets, and four, 
closing the doors and walking away. The next step, develop a scalable business model. As your small business grows, it is important to have a scalable business model so you can accommodate additional customers without incurring additional costs. A scalable business model is one that can be replicated easily to serve more customers without a significant increase in expenses. Some common scalable business models are subscription-based, digital products-based, franchise business, or network marketing businesses. That is because these have very, very, very low operating costs, especially like looking at things such as creating digital project products or marketing businesses because those pretty much pertain to either one, making the product and reaching out to customers or two, just reaching out to customers with that marketing. Next step, start planning for taxes. One of the most important things to do when starting a small business is to start planning for taxes. Taxes can be complex and there are several different types of taxes you may be liable for, including income tax, self-employment tax, sales tax, and property tax. Depending on the type of business you're operating, you may be required to pay other taxes such as payroll tax or unemployment tax. Next step, choose your business structure. When structuring your business, it's essential to consider how each structure impacts the amount of taxes you owe, daily operations, and whether your personal assets are at risk. First, we're going to look at one called an LLC. An LLC limits your personal responsibility and liability for business debts. LLCs can be owned by one or more people or companies and must include a registered agent. These owners are referred to as members. The pros for an LLC kind of go like this. An LLC offers liability protection for the owners. If you get in financial trouble, it is very important to be able to have that protection. It also is one of the easiest business entities to set up, and you can't, can have a single member LLC if that's what you desire. However, the cons look a little bit on the other hand like this. You may be required to file additional paperwork with your state on a regular basis. Again, LLCs cannot issue stock, and you'll need to pay annual filing fees to your state. The next business structure we are going to look at is an LLP, a limited liability partnership. It's similar to an LLC, but typically used for licensed businesses, professionals such as attorneys, accountants, and other people in fields like those. These arrangements require a partnership agreement. The pros for this are that partners have limited liability for the debts and actions of the LLP. LLPs are easy to form and don't require much paperwork, and there's no limit to the number of partners in an LLP. The cons for this are kind of just like an LLC. Partners are required to actively take part in the business. That's pretty obvious. LLPs cannot issue stock as well, and all partners are responsible and personal, personally, I'm sorry, all partners are personally liable for any malpractice claims against the business. So even though you're getting out easy and don't have as much liability, you are still liability for malpractice, which is very important to know. 
The next business model here is the sole priorityship. Everyone's heard of this one as well. If you start a solo business, you might want to consider this heavily. The company and the owner, for legal and tax purposes, are considered the same. The business owner assumes liability for the business. So if the business fails, the owner is personally and financially responsible for all debts. Pros for this. It's easy to form. There's no need for additional paperwork for the state, and you are in complete control of the business. Cons. You're personally liable for all business debts, and it can be difficult to raise money for a sole priority ship. The business may have a limited lifespan. You're going to want to look closely at that and figure out exactly what you're getting into. The next business model is going to be a corporation. A corporation limits your personal responsibility for business debts just as an LLC does. A corporation can be taxed as a C-Corp, an S-Corp. S-Corp status offers pass-through taxation to small corporations that meet certain IRS requirements. Larger companies and startups hoping to attract venture capital are usually taxed as C-Corps. Pros, corps are, corporations offer liability protection for the owners. The lifespan of a corporation is not limited. A corporation can have an unlimited number of shareholders. Cons, corporations are subject to double taxation. You're going to want to look carefully at if you are subject to that or not before you even start it. Next, they're more expensive and complicated to set up other than other business structures, and the shareholders have limited liability. Before you decide on a business structure, discuss your situation with a small business accountant and possibly an attorney, as each business has different tax treatments that could affect your bottom line. It is absolutely important to understand these four that we just went over and make sure that you are not going to screw yourself over by what you choose. Talk with people, listen and learn from many people who have succeeded and failed with these and figure out what works best for you. It, it all seems like a trap at the start and there's lots of liability if you choose the wrong one, but definitely can make tons and tons of money if you choose the correct one. So pay attention and learn. Number five, register your business and get licenses. There are several legal issues to address when starting a business after choosing the business structure. The following is a good checklist of items to consider when establishing your business. Choose your business name. Make it memorable, but not difficult. Do a quick domain check. Make sure this name is available. Make sure that everything is good to go. No one has taken this on any platform and strike. Establish your internet presence. This is going to be important. If you don't use Facebook, it doesn't matter. Go on a Facebook. Make sure you keep that name. Who knows if you're ever going to need it for some kind of legal action in the future. Again, Instagram, TikTok, everything. Trademark the name. Make sure you have all of the domains and make sure that you're not infringing any other trademark or service already registered with the United States Patent and Trademark Office. You can check this with a quick little search. Very, very easy. That is going to be our shortest step here. We're going to go off to step number six, get your finances in order. Open a business bank account. Open your business and personal finances separate. Here's how to choose a business checking account and why separate business accounts are essential. When you open a business bank account, 
you'll need to provide your business name and your business tax identification number. EIN is what that is. This business bank account can be used for your business transactions such as paying suppliers, invoice, invoicing customers, and everything that falls in that field as well. Most times, a bank will require a separate business bank account in order to issue a business loan or a line of credit. Hire a bookkeeper or get an accounting software. I definitely recommend to get an accountant if your business allows and you are able to afford that. Your first year of running a business is going to be your most difficult on your taxes, and you're going to want to make sure that everything is being done professionally, especially if there's a lot of liability that lies with your court. You don't want to end up in prison after owning a business for the first year for paying your taxes wrong. Make sure you're doing everything right, and I guarantee hiring that accountant will be life-changing. Determine your break-even point as well. Before you fund your business, you got to get an idea of your startup costs. This is where that financial plan, business plan, whatever we call it, that's where this comes in handy. Estimate the cost of your services. Have a professional do it. If you're tight on money, do that yourself. It can take years for businesses to earn profit. So it's better to overestimate with the startup cost and have too much money than too little. Many experts recommend having enough cash on hand to cover six months of operating expenses. When you know how much you need to get started with your business, you need to know the point at which your business makes money. This figure is called the break-even point. Number seven, fund your business. There are many different ways to fund your business. Some require considerable effort while others are easier to obtain. Two categories are internal and external. Internal is going to include personal savings, credit cards, and funds from friends and family. An external, small business loans, small business grants, angel investors, venture capital, or crowdfunding. Small businesses may have to use a combination of several of these sources, whether it's internal or external. Consider how much money is needed, how long it's going to take before the company can repay it, and how risk tolerant you are. No matter which source you use, plan for profit, it is better for you to take home six figures than make seven figures and only keep 80,000 of it. Funding ideas kind of include stuff like this, which are things I've used in the past. Number one, invoice factoring. This is where you can sell your unpaid services to a third party at a discount. Two, business lines of credit. Apply for these through your bank with your business bank account. Your interest rate will be based on your business's revenue, credit score, and financial history. So definitely build that up in the start. Three, equipment financing. If you need to purchase expensive equipment for your business, finance it with a loan or lease. SBA, Small Business Administration Microloans. Microloans are up to $50,000 loans used for working capital, inventory, supplies, machinery, equipment, whatever it is. Make sure you use those. Number five is grants. Federal government offers grants for businesses that promote in innovation, expert growth, whatever it is, located in historically disadvantaged areas. This kind of pertains more to um, farming, but you can definitely find something, I'm sure. Just make sure you talk to the right people and do your research. Crowdfunding, um, raising money from large groups of people online by soliciting donations or selling equity in your company. Um, very difficult to use if you don't know what you're doing or starting a smaller business, but definitely a viable option, and it very much so came in handy for me. 
Going back to these steps, starting your business, number eight, apply for business insurance. Absolutely, absolutely need business insurance. It's going to save your ass. I guarantee it will. Whether you're starting something small or something that's going to be a lot more liability, like starting your own hospital, whatever it may be, that might be a little bit extreme, but you need to have this business insurance and you need to face the potential risks. You need to look at what the worst possible case scenario will be and get insurance that will be able to cover that. You don't want to be stuck in debt for the rest of your life. Number nine, get the right business tools. Business tools can help you make your life easier and make your business run more smoothly. The right tools can help you save time, automate tasks, and make better decisions. Consider the following tools. Accounting softwares, customer relationship management, CRM software, very easy, very helpful. Project management software, credit card processor, point of sale, virtual private networks, VPNs, merchant services, and email hosting. If you don't know what those are, definitely look into them. If you would like me to go over them in a later episode, definitely let me know. I'm happy to do so. It's just a lot of things that will take a lot of time to go through right now that I know you guys probably won't be looking to listen to, but everything's on Google. Do your research. Re-listen to that if you need to. Very important things. Final step number 10, you need to market. Everything's ready to go. Market your business. Now, Many business owners spend so much money creating their products that there isn't much of a marketing budget by the time they've launched. That is why you're listening to this all in a 30-minute spiel on a podcast. Because now, in 30 minutes, you know to save a little bit of money for your marketing. And by a little bit, I mean a lot of money. It's not going to happen overnight, but you can definitely, definitely get a head start on it if you have enough capital through your business to be able to market. For marketing, you're going to want to start with creating a website. If you haven't done this already, and even if you're a brick and mortar business, a website presence is essential. It is 2022. You need a website if you don't have one. Creating a website doesn't even take long. You have tons of templates online, tons of different places you can make these websites. You can even make a standard informational website or an e-commerce site where you sell products online. If you sell products or services offline, include a page on your site where customers can find your locations and hours. Other pages to add include an About Us page or frequently asked questions or even a blog or contact information. I honestly, in the past when, have, when I've been creating my own websites, I always look at more large-scale companies, three or four of them, look at their websites, what do they have? What do I not have? And incorporate that. Very easy way to be successful. Optimize your site for SEO. After getting a website for or e-commerce store, focus on optimizing it for search engines. This way, when a potential customer searches for specific keywords on your product, the search engine can point them to your site. SEO is a long-term strategy, so do not expect a ton of traffic from your search engines initially, even if you're using all the right keywords. Next create, relevant, next, create relevant content. Provide high-quality digital content on your site that makes it easy for customers to find the correct answers to their questions. Content marketing ideas include videos, customer testimonies, blogs, 
or demos of your product. Very much dependent on what you have going on with your company. Next, get listed on online directories. Customers use online directories like Yelp, Google, My Business, and Facebook. Also might want to look at things like Google Maps and Apple Maps to get your, your business listed in if it's brick or mortar or if you're just running it from somewhere in your house, warehouse, whatever it is. Make sure you get it listed on these things. Um, some city halls and chambers of commerce have business directories too. Include your business in as many relevant directories as possible. You can also create listings for your business on specific directories that focus your industry. Finally, develop a social media strategy. This is where it came in play, taking our username and our business name on social media platforms and make sure you have social media. People are on this every day. Everyone 70 years old, 30 years old, 15 years old, Whatever it is, people are going to want to buy and they are on social media. So no better way to market than to do it on social media. Use this to drive traffic back to your website through some type of link where customers can learn more about what you do and buy your products or services. You don't necessarily need to be on every social media platform available. However, I did re recommend to take as many names on social medias as possible because you don't know when you're going to need what or if that username will ever be available. So you need to make sure you're on them. But things like Facebook and Instagram offer e-commerce features, which is going to allow you to sell directly from your social media accounts. Um, both these platforms have free ad training, which are going to help you market your business. Definitely, definitely recommend if you're going to be a lower budget on marketing. And basically, that's, that's all the steps it really takes to grow a business these days. After these, you're going to want to just scale and build your team. But those are things I'm going to be able to talk about in a later podcast. But absolutely, absolutely learn from what I've told you. These are things that I've learned from growing my own businesses that I find dire. Sure, there's hundreds and hundreds of extra little steps and papers you need to sign in between here. But... You just need to make sure you have these 10 core principles down and you will be successful. This has been episode four on the Smart Money Podcast, 10 Steps to Grow Your Own Business. Absolutely hit follow if you haven't already. It's free for you. Helps me out and I can keep producing these episodes. Absolutely, guys, take care and we will take you to creating this business in the next episode. All right, this has been the Smart Money Cut Podcast, and we will see you later this week.